disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. So this should be good. We're going to have Congressman Thomas Massey on today's episode. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to talk to him about. The president um, and his executive orders on firearms. Uh, the Justice Department, within 60 days, will be publishing model red flag legislation for the entire country. They're trying to ban arm braces, which, by the way, is uh, a device on a pistol that allows someone who's disabled to use that pistol. So the president apparently believes that um, people who have certain physical challenges no longer have the right to defend themselves uh, because some jack wagon maybe abuses that or whatever. So it's ridiculous. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the mounting debt. We may find out what's going on down on the Massey farm and more. We're also going to talk to uh, Congressman Massey about Biden's plan to study the possible expansion of the Supreme Court. What this is, is simply a power grab. It's the Democrats don't like the fact that the Supreme Court right now weighs in a little more to the right than to the left, and that inhibits their uh, full-scale socialist agenda. Now, does Biden fully support this idea? I don't really know. It may just be he's throwing a bone to his buddies on the far left to placate them by studying with a commission or whatever. Well, anyway. We'll get to all that. But first, though, our sponsor is Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Guys, I am so appreciative of Tim Montgomery and his crew at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. I don't talk about businesses that I don't fully believe in. And uh, I know a lot about Louisville Cabinets and Countertops because I've been a customer of theirs for years. And obviously, I live in Colorado now. It's a little bit of a commute for their team to do my kitchen. But before we moved, they had done our kitchen and our master bathroom. And uh, I fully support their work ethic, and their craftsmanship. Because I'm pretty sure our house sold in less than a day. Partly, no doubt, because our kitchen was so beautiful. And our kitchen was beautiful because of Louisville cabinets and countertops. So if you're thinking, a couple things. I mean, interest rates are super low right now. So you might be thinking, I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to buy a new one. Maybe fix it up. It'll be my dream home. Or maybe you're thinking, I'm going to keep this house now, but I'm just going to take advantage of the equity I have in it and the low interest rates. I'm going to take a home equity loan out and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my dream kitchen finally. Then that's when you want to call. <clears throat> excuse me, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, 502-930-3304, 502-930-3304. Ask for uh, one of their designers, Michelle Kelly George. They're all excited to take care of you. Stop by their showroom at 6200 Hit Lane, or just go to Louisville Cabinets and Countertops Now, if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a contractor, they have affordable, beautiful. And I'm not just saying that. I've actually looked at the cabinets that they have the uh, high-quality cabinets that they have in stock, and they're pretty awesome. Uh, from Everything from like shaker cabinets to modern, uh, sleek style to more traditional, they've got it all for you. So th- those are in stock if you are like a do-it-yourselfer who has a project already laid out. You just need stuff to pick up. They've got them for you. Any kind of counter surface, whatever you're looking for, these guys have got it. It's Louisville Cabinets and Countertops and a big appreciation to them for sponsoring our program. And now to our Congress... Congr- <laughs> I'm supposed to be paid to talk to our conversation with Congressman Thomas Massey. All right, roll. Welcome back, sir. How are you, Mr. Massey? 
Oh, I'm doing fine here. You know, my second week on leave from Fort Pelosi. (laughs) (laughs) How are things in Fort Pelosi? (laughs) Well, they're letting their guard down a little bit. Yeah, I saw the fences came down at least. Yeah, part of the fences. A part, Um, yeah. I'm. I don't know if we're ever going to give tours of the Capitol again. I hope Jeez, so. That's so ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it's is. just dumb. It's dumb. They. they I love. They said uh, nobody needs uh, an AR-15 or a gun like it. Yet for months we were surrounded by uh, a similar platform of weapon <laughs> right. to protect congressmen. Right. It, well, and again, if the cops need it, we need it. Not because we need to fight the cops. That's not the right. point. We need it because we have to wait for the cops to get there. Especially if you're in a rural area, the response time could be an hour. Yeah. And if the if the police need it to protect you when they get there, then well, you need it to protect you until they get there. Rural area, my foot. Okay, so you know I live in Colorado <laughs> now. We just had that shooting in, Bol- in Boulder. Um. I work in the firearms training industry full-time, full disclosure. One of my colleagues actually was in uh, with a group of students, one of whom was in that class because they had to barricade themselves in the upstairs office with their child during that shooting. It The initial uh, police officer, the one that heroically was killed, was there within about two or three minutes. But because he was taken off the board, so to speak, it was about 45 minutes before that guy was arrested. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And that, that's, right. that's a major metropolitan area. I mean, we're talking about a huge suburb of Denver, pretty good-sized city in itself. You know, it, it yeah, if, if the cops need it, we need it, it's simply we, to protect ourselves. And, and by the way, there are many surveys the- – there are many surveys that have been done that show the majority of police support law-abiding citizens' right, right to keep and bear arms because they know right. that they can't get there immediately. Right, yeah. And by the way, the uh, most of the times the police do a great job, but there's no legal requirement for them to save your life. Like That's, that's true. an established court precedent. That's they, true. They're not obligated to help. Well, and if they, if they were— they would be facing lawsuits every day because right. because of the simple fact that do they have to make a a choice that's mostly moral based in the field do i stop this guy from hurting more people or do i let him go to help this one person they have to make ethical decisions like that in literally less than a second on a daily basis sometimes mm-hmm. and people don't quite understand exactly how that works i it, and i've taken some training with uh, I did a training module or like a little thing where they did a demonstration for several of us in the media with LMPD, and um, it opened my eyes because it was it was virtual training where the you were in a virtual room with virtual characters, but those virtual characters were reacting and responding, and there was interaction. Mm-hmm. And I was I did four scenarios. I was killed in two of them. The perp got away in the third one, and then the fourth one I was severely injured. I did get the perp. But I was severely injured in the process because he had a machete under his coat. He covered 21 feet in less than two seconds. And I got a shot off just as his machete was coming down on my shoulder. Oh, geez. So to, to understand right. that that entire interaction went from guy standing at counter 23 feet away from me to me shooting him between the eyes as his machete hits my shoulder was less than two seconds. To understand that you have to make a moral decision of, 
now, now not, this scenario was like, say, in an airport. So now not only do I have to shoot the guy, but I got to shoot the guy without shooting other bystanders. Mm-hmm. I have to s- decide whether or not I need to shoot the guy. And the guy is trying to kill me. So when it's like when you put your – and that's, for me, an untrained person who's never had a second of, of dealing with those kinds of things in my life – to watch that scenario, people just don't understand. Now, take that to personal gun sales and gun ownership, and it's like these politicians who make statements like, you don't need more than 10 rounds. Shut the heck up, dude. You don't know because you've never been in that situation. You don't know what I need to defend myself, you know? Um, and probably politicians, any politician who's thinking about passing any kind of gun control or police, quote, reform, should probably go through one of those trainings to get a oh, better 100% perspective on it. Yeah. When I when I witnessed the the church uh, shooting where the parishioner um, who was able to draw and a parishioner was not able to draw, uh, and they one of them shot the bad guy, but the other guy got shot. What do you remember? That was yes. in um, what was the city? It was, it, it was in, in Texas. I don't interesting name of the city. But, yeah. Uh, after that, I started carrying one in the chamber on my firearm. Right. And I didn't do that before then, but I've carried for many years, and I realized, you know, there are very many scenarios where I'm not going to be able to rack the slide on this gun. One, you know, your hand could be injured, your other right. hand, lots of situations. So I started putting one in the chamber because of what, you, what you're what you talking about, which yeah. is the reaction time has to be so fast. And that's a big debate in the gun community, which I always get a kick out of. Um, you know, a lot of instructors that I work with will tell their students, if you don't feel comfortable carrying one in the chamber, then don't, but you should. Meaning, get comfortable with it. You know, um, I still consider that to be a personal decision, but like you said, what I would tell anybody is that if you're not currently comfortable with carrying one in the chamber, then do dry fire laser and range practice until you are, Mm -hmm. because that's how quickly one of the things that I've been doing, not to dive this off into a rabbit trail, but you know what it's like when you come on with me anyway. Um, (laughs) I've been taking also hand to hand combat training because one of the things I realized when I started studying these, these events was as situationally aware as I try to be, um, an attack like that oftentimes slips through your situational aware radar and it comes very fast. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to create space between you and the the person that's trying to kill you with maybe a knife or a gun or whatever else. In the event that your situational awareness doesn't get you out of that situation, you've got to be able to do close quarter stuff. And in a close quarter situation, reaching for your gun exposes a good portion of your body. Mm-hmm. So people don't think about these things when it comes to personal training, but um, neither do politicians when they think that somehow or another the cops can get there when we're talking about things that happen in the span of less than a second. And, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, you could be naive about this, but now we have cameras virtually everywhere. Uh, like security cameras right. and dash cams. And, and so you actually see how this plays out a lot of the times. And what you're saying has proven to be true, whether it's in a convenience store or whatnot. There's somebody, you know, the first thing they're doing is reaching across the counter and grabbing your hand or yeah. somehow, like you said, hand to hand. So we should probably all do more of that. Yeah, there's two, not to belabor this, but just to your point, there's two videos that one of the uh, instructors that I work with shows his classes. 
and they're really powerful. One of them is a guy in a McDonald's at 1030 at night, and he's an older gentleman, and he's standing there, hands in his pockets, leaning back, looking at the menu, and he's not paying attention. There's a guy that looks to be maybe late teens uh, standing to his right, and you see the guy in his teens literally wind up like he's going to pitch a fastball and then throws a haymaker at this guy completely out of the blue, knocks him out cold, grabs everything out of his pockets, and is out of the store in less than three seconds. There's another video where there's a guy open carrying, which this is one reason I don't open carry. He's open carrying, and he's at the McDonald's. I guess bad things happen at McDonald's. I don't know what the deal is. (laughs) Just kidding. He's at the McDonald's, and this guy comes up and takes the gun from him in less than a second. And it's like, dude how quickly that stuff happens. So mm-hmm. I'm not making an argument for not carrying openly. I mean, do what you want to do. Just make sure it's secure. But the point is, all of these kinds of situations happen in a dynamic environment where it's so fast that to think naively that somehow or another we can wait for the cops. No, we we need to be able to protect ourselves with the Second Amendment, but we also need to be prepared and trained because it's more than just owning a gun. You know, I've, I've had a home invasion. You know, I know what that's like. Um you know, it's one thing to own a gun. It's another thing to find yourself in that situation where you might have to use it. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, back to the president. Uh, what exactly are these executive orders? Because I'm, I'm not every story that I've read and I didn't get a chance to see the press conference. Every story that I've read says among the things I know about the this one's kind of funny to me. The arm brace mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, pistols that makes it into sort of a rifle that isn't that an americans for disabilities act thing wasn't that designed so that someone who has disabilities with their arms can actually still use a firearm it could be but that's not what most of them are used for right and uh, i think the same there's a real strong parallel here to bump stocks yes because there was an argument that they would assist in making it easier some way for somebody to shoot and the legal cases are very parallel as well. Mm. Uh, just to be fair here, an equal opportunity critic, <laughs> Trump banned bump stocks. Yes, yes Look, he did. The ATF was working for him when they issued that ruling. And I'm going to tell you something a lot of people may not know. My colleagues in Congress, Republicans, so-called conservatives, were begging Trump to ban bump stocks so they wouldn't have to bring it up as legislation. Okay. They they just wanted it to go away. And it was frankly, if you wanted to do something about bump stocks, it should have been done legislatively. Right. But they and this is the same thing with the arm brace. Then okay. it set a precedent too, that if Trump can ban bump stocks, then in in both cases the ATF sent out letters saying they were legal. And now and in the case of bump stocks, they reversed themselves and now that's what they're about to do on the hand brace. Right. Uh, and this is kind of an interesting, in both cases, it's an interesting little corner of the gun culture or gun world, of which I try to explore all the corners. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm not saying any corner's better than the other. I'm, it's not a pejorative. But it's not, it's sort of in the mainstream of gun culture uh, or Second Amendment culture. But here's the, here's the interesting thing, Leland. I'm not sure if you saw this. W- one of the courts has ruled against the bump stock ban and their reasoning would apply to the pistol brace ban should joe biden implement one what's their reasoning uh so the reasoning is 
that you know let's back up a little bit there's a there's a supreme court precedence that gives what's called uh chevron deference that says that that, that means I, sh- I choose chevron over bp or well it was gas. chevron uh, <laughs> and it was a case of regulators were coming up with regulations and the issue was were they making law were they exceeding their authority were they doing things that congress should have done okay and the courts ruled, and this precedent was set, and it's and it's been used in many different cases since then. The courts ruled that uh, that regulators have wide latitude to interpret the law that Congress passes, and if Congress didn't disallow it, then the regulators could do it in the pursuit of uh, enforcing or or creating the the regulations around a congressional law. Right. Okay, that's what chevron deference is and i'm not a lawyer i can't even get out of jury duty but but i did i do serve on the judiciary committee now so this court case this recent very recent like a week or two ago case said that okay there is such a thing as chevron deference but that's for regulations of things like pollution where there's not an immediate criminal conviction and these aren't criminal laws those were regulatory laws that chevron deference applies to right uh, and so in the case of bumps, the bump stock ban, they're basically it's not like they're changing the level of you know pollution that you can emit right. and then there would be fees and fines. This is something that will result in immediate jail conviction. Mm. And so they said that that the, the you know the agencies don't have that kind of authority when you're talking about putting somebody in jail versus right. okay. regulating their I business. You. I got you. So that's an interesting court case. Because and if I own a bump stock right now, I could go to jail. Uh, that's like, I don't know where we are in the state of implementing all that. I don't want to say. But but theoretically, once that is implemented, if right. you own a bump that's stock, the reasoning. you could yes. go to jail. That's correct. And so if that if that holds, right. then that says that Joe Biden's ban on the arm brace is dead on arrival. Right. All right. What other... Uh, edicts that he put i know he's he's well, planning to throw out uh the idea of i guess a a streamlined federal recommendation in other words rubber stamp yes, laws that yes. liberal states can put in place for a national sort of red flag system well the, the scary thing is a lot of liberal states already have red flag laws right. which this turned is probably due, gonna be conservatives doing yeah this. due process on their head i mean it is not the job of the of the department of justice to write legislation for state legislators yet that is what joe biden has promised they're going to be spending their time doing right they're instead of worrying about the border or or the crimes elsewhere they're going to write laws for legislatures to rubber stamp right now there's one silver lining here leland and that is the acknowledgement from joe biden and the doj that it's really up to the states to do this if they want and that the federal government does not have the authority we are not even in that realm of of criminal law, like mental health and all that stuff. It's all handled at the state level. And so you can't do this federally. So the silver lining here is that that Joe Biden has acknowledged it's not even in his authority to do it. It's not in congressional authority. Now, he will later want us to come back and pass a bill that takes away money from, although the courts have ruled you can't do that with sanctuary cities. 
<laughs> you know, you right. can't induce them to follow the law. Well, he's going to try and induce the state legislatures to pass laws by getting Congress to do to take their money away if they don't pass a law or better yet, maybe to bribe them with more money if they right. do implement it. So that's what he's got planned there with and, the and red this is flag precisely laws. where and this is why I tell conservatives all the time, don't give an inch on guns, because to your point about Republicans and bump stocks. They just wanted it to go away. They thought if we compromise here, they won't come after this. And that's not that's not how they work. They they will go and go and go. We could learn something from the relentlessness of the left. Yes. To to that point, this is why I tell state legislators in red states, look, you don't need any new gun control. Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer are going to pass all the gun control. You should be rolling back your own laws to kind of balance things out. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky got constitutional carry last year. This year, we've got four states, Tennessee, Utah, Montana, and Iowa, just in the last few weeks that have all implemented constitutional carry. Thank God. Like Wyoming, too. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not. They almost got it through in Indiana, but it died. Sometimes when this stuff dies, it's better it dies because it was <clears throat> it was a crap sandwich with no bread. Yeah. Uh, and they, in Tennessee, they kind of slipped in some bad stuff in there. But overall, we were making headway at the state level, and they darn well better because as as the federal you know, proponents of bigger federal government get rid of our 50-state solution, we may be headed to a two-state solution. Right, right. <laughs> because, you know, when you got 50 states, when Ron DeSantis can say, okay, you know, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, you got no business in Florida. I'm not allowing you to come and even have a meeting here. Right. Ron DeSantis banned them from Florida. Nice. <laughs> I, I love that guy. I do, too. <laughs> Way back. I'm kind of hoping he runs in 2024. He would be <clears throat> a great candidate and a great president. I think he would be I think he would be the good parts of Trump without the baggage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I mean just being he's, blunt here. I think he'd be a lot of the good parts of Trump without the baggage and I, I He Ron Ron and I are friends. His he's a good family man. His wife Casey is awesome. She's got a great career in media and they've got two kids. And what the New York Times was it the New York Times that did that or the Washington Post <laughs> that smeared him with the uh the the, the Publix donation? Tried to. Yeah, Tried that to was su- that yeah. was such uh, 60 minutes. I'm sorry. It was yeah. 60 minutes CBS. That was that's an example of how media has now just become Pravda for the Democrat party because the, the Publix for people who don't know what happened there Publix supermarkets is the equivalent of Kroger in Kentucky it's it's one of the biggest it is the biggest I think supermarket chain in Florida they already had had a vaccination program they had the infrastructure in place to um, roll out the vaccine Ron DeSantis gave them the ability to be the the point you know organization mm-hmm. on that they had given him a hundred thousand dollars which is a pittance in Florida politics. But they had also, and this is what CBS didn't tell their viewers, given millions to both sides of the aisle. There was there was no it was Publix was the clear choice to handle that situation. And they used it to try to smear him because his his stock is rising as a potential challenger to the Democrats in 2024. Imagine this. He bans Fauci and Burks from Florida. 
Then he's got one of the most successful uh, vaccine rollouts. He's got the, he doesn't kill his own economy. Mm-hmm. Of course they want to crush him. Yeah. They want to cancel him. They know that he'd be ten times the president uh, that Joe Biden would ever be. Of course, that's kind of division by zero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and so they, they're just going to go after him. They're going to try and cancel him, but he pushes back. This yeah. is the thing. And he's, he's clean, you know, squeaky clean. Uh, like I said, I served with him in Congress. Uh, I know him personally, super good guy. Yeah. And, um, uh, he's a smart guy, went to Harvard and Yale, yeah. Navy, uh, Navy Jag lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, th- that's. Yeah. Anyway, we we took a side note. We there, took a side. We took a side note because one. because I'm trying to. I I've been saying you got to stand up for states' rights. Yeah. People are saying where is the next battle line? It's between the federal government and the states. That yeah. is where the battle line is right now. Yeah. If you're look, if we've Congress is occupied by Pelosi with yeah. razor wire and and soldiers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even exaggerating. Not yeah. If if we could go back two years ago, and I'd say that on the air, that in two years Nancy Pelosi will surround the Capitol with soldiers and razor wire. Yeah, you would have been. People would have been like, "He's crazy. He's a conspiracy theorist." Yeah, he's a nut. Yeah, right. They would try to cancel me. But that has happened, and so the battle is is between the federal government and the states. And so my point was, you got Utah, Montana, Iowa, and Tennessee who've all just got. Uh, constitutional carry wyoming was last year i believe when kentucky did it yeah you're right you're right that uh, was, it, i think it just started though right i mean it just like it just they just went into effect but it was and, passed last year and so any republican state legislator right now who's thinking ah uh, you know maybe i should moderate no do not moderate your views on the second amendment yeah you need to be 100%. as pure as you can and and push back against the federal now, government i gotta ask you um I like, and I know we may or may not agree on this, but I like the idea of national reciprocity. I I agree on states' rights. I don't want the federal government to tell every state what you have to do, even on gun laws, as much as I'm, you know, for absolute freedom on guns. But I do believe if I am on vacation, if I am not a resident of that state, I'm traveling through that state, I should not have to take my gun apart put the bullets in a different box in my trunk in the state of California. If I have a concealed carry permit, I should be able to carry conceal when I'm there on vacation. Where do you come down on that? Well, my first question is why are you going to California for vacation? Because it's a beautiful state. When they have Gavin Grusom as the governor. Florida has no hills. None. Actually, (laughs) there's a few in the middle part of the state around the line. Come back to Kentucky or stay in Colorado. Because because California is gorgeous. Honestly, the West Coast is gorgeous. It's just full of nut jobs. And I want to be able to defend myself from nut jobs, but I still want to be able to see some of God's great creation of America. Okay, well, you wouldn't be traveling through that. It would be a destination. So the question is, do you (laughs) – it's it's an issue of whether the states can have gun control or not. Right. Is what it is. Right. But in the meantime, if every state in the United States, every all 50 states issue concealed carry permits. Now, some of them are may issue, which means they they don't have to, but they do to some people. That's why I think my right shouldn't stop at your at your at your border, at your state's border, because it's not a different country. It's still the same country governed by the same Bill of Rights. 
that I have yeah, but- the I have the God given right, the fundamental right to defend my family and myself from an attacker. So, uh, by the way, if and I also have if, the God-given right to move about my country, all fifty states, as I please. By the way, some of this is devil's advocate. What yeah, I'm no, I saying to you, and it's very dangerous for me to engage in that because they'll take it out of context. <laughs> I know. So, so, Masty doesn't want right, you to have guns, right? So, I'm chairman. <laughs> I'm co-chairman of the Second Amendment Caucus with Lauren Boebert, and we support anything that's pro-gun. Right. Okay. Right. Pro-Second Amendment. And so, and if national reciprocity comes up without a poison pill in it, yeah, I will poison vote pills. for it. Yeah, they, no. they put a poison pill in it last time. No. The suckers went for it. Wasn't the poison pill a national red flag law? It was fixed nicks. It was expanding background checks. Right, right. The same freaking thing yeah. in spirit that Joe Biden is trying to do that everybody's complaining about. I got, I got called out. People were mad at me because I wouldn't vote for expanding background checks inside of a national reciprocity bill. Which, by the way, they never passed the National Reciprocity Bill in the Senate, but they did pass the... The Knicks. We still got Knicks, yeah. You still got a bigger Knicks. Yep. So anyways, here's an interesting, and this is just history... Uh, By the way, for people that don't know what Fix Nix is, it's uh, it's the NICS. It's the na- it's I forget exactly. They want to put more names for, in but, the database, but yeah, it's it's the it's the background check database is what it is, the federal yeah. one. So they were they were going to encourage more people to put names more of the administrative agencies to put more names in there we fought we actually fought back doing that from the social security administration but the va still sends if you have a representative uh no if you are uh applying for veterans benefits disability benefits and you make the mistake of telling a doctor when you're asked in the interview if somebody else manages your finances they put you in a database the fixnix database and now you are legally barred from possessing owning acquiring uh firearms or ammunition and a lot of That's disabled ridiculous. veterans find this out the hard way and fixnix i'm going to be clear didn't didn't uh cause that that already existed but it would make it uh, it would give the executive branch the latitude to do more of that uh, in other agencies. Right. So but back to the uh, this is an interesting thing that I wish more people knew. Frankly, I didn't know it until I ran for Congress and I started thinking through some of this stuff. And I looked back at uh, Supreme Court decisions. The Bill of Rights and the Constitution in general was not a restriction on the states for the first hundred years of our government right bill of rights didn't apply right the states would have never put those limitations on themselves hmm. those were limits on the federal government which they didn't trust right this i mean this is hard to say and people are going to get mad at me but the second amendment was not a restriction on states the first amendment was not a restriction on states right and when our country was set up what has happened is that after the Civil War and the passage of the 14th Amendment, which says that your civil liberties, you know, you can't, the states can't infringe on your civil liberties. Well, one by one, the, the elements of the Bill of Rights through Supreme Court cases since the passage of the 14th Amendment, one by one, those have been incorporated. It's called the Incorporation Doctrine as applying to the states. And the First Amendment was incorporated to apply to the states in the early 1900s. But the Second Amendment did not apply to the states until the Heller decision. 
Interesting. That's an interesting historical lesson. Yeah, that's so recent. Well, but then if that's the case, and now it I'm, does, how can places like California deny people permits that pass background checks? By the way, let me let me correct something I just said. It was the McDonald uh, case right after the Heller case. Heller was right. in D.C., so it didn't right. apply to the states. Uh, McDonald versus was Chicago. One. Yeah, that was the one. that that incorporated it to the states. Right. Okay. So the and then in all of these Supreme Court cases, this is another thing that's going to make people mad at me. But let me preface it with I'm going to vote for national reciprocity anyway. I believe it will be struck down by the Supreme Court based on their prior cases. So in Heller and McDonald, they said that states can have gun control. They can have some form of gun control that but they can't do it in a way that extinguishes your right. Okay. Unfortunately, so, that sounds a lot like what Biden said in yeah, the right. Rose Garden, right? I know, which exactly. I disagree with. I'm not agreeing with any of this. I'm telling you what the no, you're, you're laying out is. the you're you're laying out the the lay of the land, so to speak. But to to be clear, you you will vote for it. Yes. But you're saying the other danger is that the Supreme Court could then strike it down because of these other cases, which. Is something, and we also have to watch for a poison pill in the bill because that could also create problems where, you know, this it, idea that, hey, all right, well, we'll give you national reciprocity, but now you have to background check your, your grandson when your grandfather dies and hands off his gun. Right. It'll be a federal. They'll have what they would do if they ever did this. It would be some kind of federal ID. Right. Which would be Oof. a nightmare. Well, see, and, that's the thing. I that's where we have to explore how to write it correctly. Because I don't want a federal ID, and I I don't want to. I I would well, I would say basically, <laughs> the states just have. To, if you don't, if you're not a resident of California, then you have to acknowledge when somebody comes through with a concealed carry permit that they have the right to carry. You can't deny them that God given right. You can deny it to your own state citizens if you want, as you have been doing. But you can't deny it to somebody from the next state over. Um, that that's how there, I would want. It. Yeah, and is there a precedent for that? I don't know. I think the the way you would fix it. commerce. I mean, doesn't it fall under co- like? I mean, <laughs> I can right. Yeah. I, I can't. Arizona can't tell me I can't come there and go on vacation. Well, that's that's how we got the 1986 uh, Firearms Protection Act, which had the expansion of the National Firearms Act. Mm. They stuck the poison pill in there. Yeah. On that, but it's still the the bill itself. The good part of the bill was good, and it, it lets you travel through states as right. long as your gun is in a certain situation, yeah. which you described. Which you, you've got you to you need to put it three cars back when you go through Illinois. But one way to fix it here's <laughs> That's the here's far away from you. <laughs> here's the scary thing: the 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 one way that would fix it until they just throw away our constitution is to have a constitutional amendment that says. This is the Second Amendment, and this time we really mean it. Right, right. <laughs> In other words, it applies to the states, and there is nothing. There's zero. You cannot do anything to regulate this. Yeah. Uh, and we could we could try that, but it's going to be tough. And in the meantime, here's what's happening. You've got the red states are getting redder, and the blue states are getting bluer. Yeah. And we're... Like I alluded to before, we're going from a 50-state solution to a two-state solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every state that has the wherewithal, that has a Republican majority, there should be no excuse for keeping any 
state legislator in office who is a Republican who will not vote for constitutional carry. Right. You need, I don't even know who I'm implicating right now, but I am going to say you should vote them out at the next available opportunity. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, because, but then again, I I always err on the side of freedom, and you know, I'm I've long said I'm to the right of the NRA on guns when it comes to firearms alone. I mean, not from a political perspective, but it's just as far well, they as they supported I'm, fixed nicks. I know it's not, it's right. not hard to That's get to the right. Case of the NRA. in point. Case yeah. in point. I I am I am for a hundred percent. People as they jokingly say, so what? You should have a tank. I'm like. Hell yeah, if I can have a tank, I'm a law-abiding American citizen. I should be able to have a tank. I don't the care. The reality is if you can have a tank. I know, The question right? is do you want to put a weapon on it? Right. And if you have the right paperwork, you can do anything I don't know that country. I need to put a weapon on a tank if I just have one. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's just a quick detach. <laughs> right. So, but um, did, were there any other things? I I, didn't, I want to make sure we oh, catch any well, of his executive orders that he's going to do because I know the red flag the, law. The one that the one that concerns me the most, Leland, was the one that he got it giddy about almost. By the way, he called it the AFT twice. He got so he doesn't giddy. know what state he's in. He does not know. They, it's like when he left, they had to show him which door to get back in the White House. He would have been trying to go through a window, I think. Because <laughs> he's, he's, you know, the AFT, the AFT. Uh, the one that scares me the most, concerns me the most. Is is the one that he punctuated as his? He said, "If I, if God would let me do one of these things," he said. Said Joe, Joe, which one do you want? He said, "It would be the ability to sue gun manufacturers." Oh, God. Now, let me tell you. First of all, it's a lie that they can't be sued. If they create a defective, that's correct, gun mm-hmm. that that ends up injuring or killing somebody. They can be sued for that. Right. Just like any other company that creates a defective device, except pharmaceuticals. Just like a car company, anything. Okay. Except pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Right. With (laughs) vaccines. Uh, And uh, they can be sued if they break the law, and then something bad comes as a result of that. But what he's talking about is, let's say somebody buys a gun legally and commits suicide, allowing the family of that. Uh, you know, self-inflicted victim, right. mental health victim, whatever. Are you a victim? If you do it to yourself, I don't know. But uh, allowing that family to sue the gun manufacturer. Right. Imagine if we did that for automobiles. People commit suicide in automobiles. They, mm-hmm. they drive off a cliff. They drive into a tree. Uh, um, and... We don't. You're not allowed to sue the automobile manufacturer when that happens. Right. There are so many people that die in automobile wrecks be, because of the user's decisions. Right. Right. <clears throat> you can't sue the automobile manufacturer in those instances. If you could, they would be out of business. Joe Biden knows that's the case with gun manufacturers, and that is why it's his top priority. Yeah. It. This is. It, yeah. Absolutely. There's no logical. It's a it's an absolutely intellectually bereft position to think that the manufacturers are responsible with what people do with the guns because you're not giving them if you're going to if you're going to take away from them because every time let's say it was a I don't know if it was a Smith and Wesson uh, manufactured firearm that the guy used in Boulder, um, you know, you're going to blame him for you're going to blame Smith and Wesson for that attack. But you're not going to praise Smith and Wesson for the two point five million times every year that Americans use firearms to keep themselves safe. Right. right. And all of those that might have fallen under the, the, the brand of Smith and Wesson. I carry a Smith and Wesson S&P shield in 40. Uh, I've never had to pull it. Thank God. 
But, you know, numbers of people have in order to protect themselves. They get no credit for that, but they get blamed for every criminal. That's that's a an intellectually vapid position to actually be in. It's clearly about control. Um, the scary thing is how close are they to getting it done? Mm, well, I'm not sure how he's going to do it, but I mean, he can't uh, executive order that, though, can he? He shouldn't be able to do that. Uh but who knows? But they get the judges in there. We'll see. They he wants Congress to do something, and um, you know they've got the majority. They might try to do that in Congress. One of the big, uh, I don't know. The other thing. Let me just talk about something else he said in the Rose Garden, which we don't know yet. Won't know for thirty or sixty days what he meant when he said it. He probably doesn't know what he meant when he said it. Um, He's got ghost, people that'll figure that out for us. Right, ghost guns. So. He says these are a big problem. I disagree with him there. It's it's a lot easier, frankly, to to steal a gun than it is to make one. <laughs> oh, is this like if you 3D print a gun yes. or something he's saying, like that? He's saying people are buying kits and committing crimes all over the place, blah, 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 and they're not traceable, blah, blah, blah. There's no data to show that. No. And here's the problem. How's he going to regulate it? A few years ago, the... And, and by the way, the government dropped this case. They, they were losing so badly. They tried to ban the dissemination of information, like plans for AR-15s yeah. or for any firearm. Right. And they, they accused uh, the person who had a website who was putting the, the plans, 3D printer plans, STL files, you know, G-code, whatever. They accused him of violating the trafficking and international trafficking in firearms laws uh, and information information they're saying that for instance he was aiding and abetting the state of iran because he put these 3d printer plans on the internet which if you think of the ramifications of if the government that it was that case was started under the obama administration but if think of the implication of if they had succeeded in that case of making that claim it Anything you put on the internet that's like tells you how to fix a firearm, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. to repair one, would violate the international laws and traffic. Yeah, I wonder if even the, looking up a YouTube video on how to uh, field strip and clean your firearm, which makes your firearm more safe. I wonder if those would fall under that, under something like that. Possibly, because I, I mean, you, you the, people can take their own gun apart and put it back together. We're almost required to to keep it functional. The law was meant to, to keep scientists from showing other scientists in other right. countries how to enrich uranium for right. instance or how to build a detonator for a nuclear bomb right okay is that where joe biden's going to go back to is he going to try that again because 3d printers are ubiquitous right is he going to go back to that uh is he going to go back to try to ban information first amendment right he alluded to in his speech that they may try to serialize and regulate through background checks and whatnot gun parts mm. that you might not typically, for instance, manufacture on the 3D printer. Right. If you print a gun, you're going to go to uh, maybe Home Depot and get a barrel. <laughs> right. But it's not going to be the best barrel if right. it's made out of. Uh, but anyway, anybody listening to this show, do not make your barrel out of black <laughs> iron pipe from Home Depot. But. <laughs> But why do you why do you know this? Because <laughs> people I know have done okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, um, there is no other congressman like you. 
I'm when sorry. I say people I know, just, they might be just, really, really close to me. I'm just saying, uh, there's just no other congressman <laughs> like you. I'm sorry. Thank goodness. <laughs> Everybody is in D.C., in Washington, D.C. is saying, thank goodness. Right. Uh, so what, what I think he's alluding to, maybe, Leland, is trying to regulate gun parts such as a, a barrel. Right. Which, you know, getting a brooch and, and cutting rifling inside of a barrel is a difficult operation. And then the steel that has to be and the heat treating of that steel right. is, is fairly involved and beyond the, gra- the reach of a lot of uh, hobbyists. Yeah. And so they may start trying to regulate barrels but, and, or sears, mm-hmm. triggers. <clears throat> and that gets into really dangerous territory. I think he needs congressional action to do that but right. it sounds like he's going to try and do it by executive action well and also just i get the feeling that that there is that the nation is in no mood for gun laws right now and there is an expansive and loud minority on the left that wants biden to do something he needs to show that he's doing something and i get the feeling that a lot of this because it is so challengeable in court is really just bones being thrown to that small group of liberals that are mouthy right now versus most americans after the last summer I, mm-hmm. the number of people getting their concealed carry permit is through the freaking roof people do not feel <laughs> safe and i can tell you that i have seen people coming through the training industry from absolutely every demographic in american life because they're afraid and they know that the best way to protect themselves is to own a firearm and to be, be able to safely operate it. And so I, I think on a national level, left, right, middle, the American people are just not in the mood to have their Second Amendment curtailed. I think President Biden knows that, but I also think he has to pay homage to a certain group of loud people and throwing out challengeable executive orders and platitudes like this maybe helps placate them. Do, do you concur? I mean, not that I'm not saying it's Maybe. not a danger. I think it is a danger. They'll take what they can get. But well, he this brings me to one of his other lies where they frequently claim that 90 percent of Americans support background checks for private transfers of guns. Mm-hmm. But here's the we've we've actually got data on this because this is was a ballot referendum in Nevada and Maine. And Bloomberg spent millions of dollars, like thirty three dollars a vote. In these right. in these referendums, right. and um, it lost in Maine, which is not a red state, no. by four points, and they won the referendum in Nevada by just less than a percent, and that is with Bloomberg massively outspending the opponents mm-hmm. to to these uh, initiatives. So when they say that Americans want this, that ninety percent of Americans want this, it's just not true. It is not true. Once they find out what it actually is, right? Because you, you can't you hand a you can't hand a gun to your hunting buddy when you're out there, right. you know, in his jams, and he needs another one. You've got two, right? Like it's ridiculous. Well, and and you you say you say to anybody, you or me, do you support background checks before people buy firearms? Yeah, I think if you walk into a store to buy a firearm, you should have a background check. I got no problem with that. It takes a few minutes, knock it out. That is not the same thing as saying. If you have a very close friend or a family member or you want to inherit, you know, your father's guns or you want to mm-hmm. sell one to a very close friend, it's already a crime. If I have a close friend who wants a firearm and I know they're going to use it to rob a bank and I sell them one, I've just committed a federal crime. I'm going to prison for a long time and I'm losing my gun rights. 
So there's all sorts of other crimes. Straw purchases are crimes. Right. If your buddy says, you know, I can't pass a background check, would you go buy it for me? That is a federal crime. It's <laughs> a crime already. Yeah. I mean, and just... you think it's going to stop criminals? They're they're going to find like <laughs> they're going to find one of their buddies who can still pass a background check, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to. By the way, they're just going to line up and go in the store and try to buy guns until they find one of them could pass because. Right. In 2017, 112,000 denials, only 12 prosecutions. Right. Based right. on the background check system. I'm actually not in favor of the current background check system because more often than not, it 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 fails and it causes people who uh, should be able to buy a gun not to be able to buy a gun. Mm. And if you make that universal, you're going to deprive 100,000 people a year of yeah. the ability to acquire protection. Well, they they want to they want to add to that people that are on the no fly list, which there's no due process for how you get put on the no fly list. We know for we know that there are people who are on that for political reasons and other reasons, and that's it's just asinine. Um, all right, three quick things I want to talk because I know you got to go pretty soon. Um, three quick things I want to hit real quick before you go. Uh, another thing Biden has announced, or, or I don't think he's actually officially announced it, but let it leak on purpose. He's going to unveil a commission to study the possible expansion of the Supreme Court. Um, the Washington Post even is skeptical of whether or not this will be something that happens in a very short term. Um, I guess the commission's going to include about 36 people. Some of them will um, obviously not be a fan of court packing. Biden has said he's not a fan of court packing. Um, is this just another thing to throw a bone to the left that wants that that is sour graping because right now for at least the next 10, 20 years, the court's going to continue to lean right? Who you got to treat every gun as if it's loaded. And, <laughs> Good point. And you got to treat every one of these things Biden throws out there as if it could happen. Yeah, that's a good point. I like and, I like how you tie that back to our last conversation too, <laughs> though. That's pretty good. He's he is um, he's obviously trying to placate the left. He wasn't. He would not be pinned down on it when he was running. Right. It's true. For president against Trump, he must have some polling on it that shows that it's not real favorable. And in his heart of hearts, he knows if he has a heart, he does. He's lost his brain, but uh, <laughs> lost his mind. He knows it's a race to the bottom. Right. It's a race to the bottom. Right. Why w we're going to end Same up. Same as a filibuster. Yeah. You're going to end up, uh, although with a filibuster, there's an end to it, I suppose, unless you lower the threshold to 40 votes from right. 51 right. to pass something. There's no end in sight to this. Let's say he expands it to 12 so that he can get a majority. Then right. the next president expands it to 15. Right. Next thing you know, you got 1,000 people on the Supreme Court. 1,000 <laughs> <laughs> people on the Supreme Court. Right. I, I have said, and this is, again, one of those hypotheticals that could get me in trouble, uh, that when the, if you wanted to reduce the number, when the, when the next one dies, because that's the only way they ever leave, when the next one dies or resigns, don't replace them and leave it even. Now, you might say, whoa, that's going to result in a bunch of ties and they'll never get anything done. Exactly. <laughs> leave, leave the congressional laws in place. If the Supreme Court 
can't agree, you know, unanimously in a way that can break a tie, that they should overturn some law that Congress has done or some local decision or some local judge, then the local judges think should stand and it shouldn't apply to the entire United States. Well, I, I kind of agree and I kind of disagree because if all the judges... We're, I'm not going to fight you on this. No, no. I just, well, it's a I, sacrificial idea. Yeah, no. I just no. I think it's a great it's a great topic of discussion, and I don't have a lot of time. But I, I mean, you don't have a lot of time. But right. I just will say this. I will say the the only the thing is in theory that would be awesome if the judges were what they were meant to be, meaning less political, mm-hmm. less right versus left, and more jurist uh, mm-hmm. jurist, and then and then a jurist who just interprets the law as it's supposed to be written and how it applies to the Constitution as it was written, constitutionalists, if you will, neither right nor left, then, yeah, then we should have a better... But in today's world, it's just too easy to have a 4-4 logjam, and then people's rights get violated, and the Supreme Court can't move on that. But but whose rights get violated? Well, right Not now... Not the whole country. Well, there's laws right now, though, that are violating rights of people that are on the books, you know, one of which is the way various states are treating the Second Amendment, you know, that uh, I think uh, need to be oh, overturned. But so. wait, that's per state, right? That's each state. Right. They can waller in their own muck. The problem is when the Supreme Court <laughs> makes a decision, it applies to all 50 states. Right. And that's my issue. Yeah, you Let don't us, want that. I understand. I'm that. I'm like where I got to with Obamacare. Like, right. All right. Mandates, okay. Penalties, okay. Just let us have a free market health care system. Like, right. we'll, we'll, we will bribe you to let us have it. <laughs> right. We will pay all of the crap. We will pay for your welfare for 90% of America. Just let... Some of us have a free market system. Right. I'm kind of that uh, uh, man. I'm just getting way too hypothetical here and, and facetious, and it's going to get me in trouble. So I'll just stop well, with that. Well, I see where you're going though, and I understand your point of view because I actually agree with your point of view. And because I, I'm you and I both lean libertarian in our thinking. Yes. And I, I really just want to be left alone. I want to be left alone to be successful financially. I don't mind paying a fair share, which right. I think should be everybody should be paying the exact same percentage or it should be a fair tax, one or the other. But I don't mind paying a fair share, but I'm sick and tired of having my success punished. Um, you know, and, and I, so I, I get where you're going. OK, real quick. by the way, just yeah. to be clear, I, I want a full repeal of Obamacare. But the Republican replacement that they offered that I yeah. would not vote for, it replaced mandates, penalties, subsidies and bailouts with mandates, penalties, subsidies <laughs> right. and bailouts without allowing us to have a free market. Right. It still didn't allow the free market. Yeah, I don't know why didn't. we're afraid of that. I don't know why Republicans are afraid of a free market. Because the insurance companies don't want it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I actually read a quote that if everybody started eating healthy, got rid of uh, processed sugars, processed junk food, we would bankrupt the healthcare system in America. You got banned for Facebook for saying that. That's true. Not, I did so. get banned for Facebook for 24 hours for saying that. All right. Two other real quick points. Um, the debt. We're now starting to see inflation. Is this going to ramp up? Go to go to the lumber yard and try and buy a two by four. Mm. Just any, you know, even if you don't need to build something tomorrow, just go price a two by four at Lowe's or Home Depot if they have them in stock. Uh, heretofore, up until now, the, the government has printed money with wanton abandonment, uh, abandoned with uh, to the tune of an extra trillion dollars of debt per year. This last year, we did seven trillion. It's twenty five percent of all the debt incurred incurred. 
accumulated, I should say, accumulated since the beginning of our country. In one year. Yeah. And I said, I used the word accumulated, so I don't have to adjust for inflation. Because if you accumulated debt, you know, in 1920, and you've paid interest on it, so it's already adjusting itself for inflation, right. at least at the rate of interest, right? right, right. So, um, so we it's but here's the thing that's happening that hasn't happened in the past. Number one, we've we've more than quadrupled the rate at which we're printing money, and we've had a kink in production. Mm. We went through a year where people worked at home. Some people weren't really working at home. So, you know. Uh, there's some jobs you can't do from home, and so those things got shut down. Fewer appliances were made, less steel was made, fewer cars were made. And now you've got more money chasing fewer goods. Mm. And so we are seeing the onset of inflation, and we're going to see more of it. Meanwhile, the government likes inflation because it takes care of the debt problem. Right. You devalue the $30 trillion of debt. Oh. No problem. But it kills prosperity for average Americans. Oh, How much it kills, of the... it kills retirees? Right. Some of that debt is owed to the Social Security system. Right. They're they're not going to adjust that for the true rate of inflation. You're going right. to get paid out not in Bitcoin, <laughs> right, or two by fours or ammunition. Right. Either of those I would accept in my retirement. Right yeah. But you're going to get paid out in Federal Reserve notes that the Federal Reserve is devaluing. Right. That makes sense. Um, how much of the 60 to 70 percent gas increase is President Biden's first executive orders to shut down federal land uh, drilling options as well as the Keystone Pipeline? And how much of it is increased demand now that we're coming out of our homes from being hermits for the last year? Let's say it's 30 percent of each and, and then just 40 percent pure inflation. Hmm. That's how we get to 100 percent of that. 60 cents right. is uh, some of it is the economy's coming back. Obviously, if there's no demand, the price goes down. If there's demand, the price goes up. But it's not it's not obscene demand. No, but, like people have switched lifestyles to, yeah. to working from home. Yeah, yeah. there we're not the planes. Uh, we're we're at least two years away to getting back to the air traffic travel that we used to have. Right. right. Well, it's two years, assuming that we start to open up now versus what some of the people are saying about how, oh, we're going to have to keep vaccinating. We're going to have to keep putting our masks on. We're going to have to keep social distancing. So and people aren't taking the uh, cruise ships aren't operating, at right. least not from the United States and very much. Um, so it's you can't say. It's it's overwhelming demand. Yeah, some demand has come back, but it's not overwhelming demand. And uh, but just inflation. Well, and then there's the kink in the supply. Mm -hmm. Okay, some of that's because fewer people going to work due to COVID. But some of it's because uh, Biden has shut off these other sources. And that's and and that may not kick in now, but everything's based in a market that sells futures. Yeah. And so they know that the, it's going to go up in the future, so the price goes up now. That's how all that works. And I, I did see reports that Biden was actually um, steering the ship Evergreen when it got stuck in the Suez Canal. So that also <laughs> might be causing a supply chain problem. Last thing, um, the stimulus package, I think, that passed right before Trump left office included uh, language that required the CIA to release everything they know about UFOs by this summer. What are we going to find out? And we'll go out on a limb and say that that doesn't come out this summer. You don't think so? Nope. 
Do you think these things that like Commander Fravor saw, the um, Navy commander off the coast of California that he chased um, and that chased him and interacted with him and jammed his radar, do you think they're from, as the Pentagon supposedly told the New York Times, off-world technology? Or whether are we it, just way more advanced than we think we are? Whether it's <laughs> whether it's our enemies more advanced than we want to admit, whether it's we're more advanced than we want to admit, and whether it's aliens, <laughs> you, they are not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you. They are not even going to tell members of Congress. Yeah, yeah. So we're not we're not going to have a little introduction of a little green man. They probably didn't tell Trump. You don't think so? Nope. He wanted He's, to know, though, didn't he? You could tell. He wanted to know. He could have. In a way, it's, you know, the movie Ferris Bueller. Okay. It's like, almost like Ferris Bueller and his parents were gone for four years, but imagine if he never found the keys to the Ferrari. Right. How much fun would that movie be? Yeah, It wouldn't be that fun. Yeah. But I feel in a lot of ways there were things, that, don't get me wrong, the president did some great things and he didn't start any new wars. Yeah. Uh but there were things that he could have done if he had hired the right people instead of hiring people like Bill Barr and Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um, if somebody were to come to you in a black suit, glasses, and say, Congressman Massey, we're going to take you to this hangar. We're going to show you everything. But you can never, ever, ever tell anyone. Would you go? I'd have to. <laughs> But but my first question, my first question is, how did somebody in sunglasses and a black suit get through my perimeter at the farm? (laughs) That's right. At the farm. Something something went wrong (laughs) if that guy got to my doorstep. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Congressman Massey, always wonderful talking with you. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, Loved your thoughts on everything. Appreciate uh, your time today. This has been one of the funnest conversations I've had with you, Leland. Thanks so much, man. (laughs) Certainly. Have a great day, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Always enjoy having the congressman on the show. Uh, he's honestly one of the most honest congresspeople that I know in terms of he just answers questions. He doesn't think about how is this going to play in the media, right? He's not measured like that. He just, he's just a guy. He's a guy. He's a Kentuckian. He's one of us. And, uh, and he just answers questions. It's pretty cool. I love that about him. Oh, let's see. What do we have coming up on the podcast? I, I told you Cameron Mills is back. We bumped Massey in front of this because it's more newsworthy in terms of timeliness. So... Cameron will be on the next episode. Also next week, we got a very special guest from the cast of Finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet. Why have they never found a Bigfoot body or skeleton? And he has a very interesting answer. So that's coming up. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, for their continued support of this program. They are the best. And I can say that because I've used them, and um, I was really happy with them. Uh, I was really happy with the work that they did on on our kitchen. I mean, it was beautiful. And it took a house that was already, I thought, very beautiful, but it just took it up a notch. And it made that that kitchen our entertain. We had a very awkward island. It was designed weird. It was kind of an aftermarket thing somebody had put in. They reconfigured the room, and it just it wasn't working. And Because we like to entertain people. And I said, hey, Tim, you got to help me out here. He came, comes in and takes a look at it. He goes, here's what we're going to do. And uh, they made that island functional, but they also made it beautiful. And they customized it for me. And then did quartz countertops all the way through. I was so happy with the work, I couldn't even hardly stand it. So we enjoyed it for like two or three years before we sold the house and moved to Colorado. And I'm pretty confident that it sold in less than a day because of how beautiful that kitchen was. And that's all thanks to Tim Montgomery and his crew. 6200 Hit Lane, if you want to stop by the store, LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. 
uh, if you want to uh, just um, check out their work online or give them a call, 502-930-3304. Turnkey Kitchen Remodel or picking up for contract work. They got you covered. 502-930-3304. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Thanks to JP Web Design, Dynamics Audio Productions, my uh, good-for-nothing, almost-never-here, lazy co-host and um, uh, executive producer. That's what he likes to call it himself, our co-executive producer, uh, Cameron Mills. You can find us on Instagram. It's at The Disruption Zone and at Great Lelando. And on, on uh, Twitter, it's at Leland Show and at Zone Disruption. You can also download us for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. I'm Leland Conway, The Disruption Zone.